0: Hi there, welcome to Victim to Victor, the podcast dedicated to empowering abuse survivors and inspiring healing, hope and positive change. I'm Anu Verma, a published author, and in every episode, I'll sit down with a guest and embark on an insightful conversation about trauma, as well as practical strategies to start the healing process. So let's get started. I hope you enjoy the show. And with me today, I have Emma Jane, who's a motivational speaker, corporate behavioural change trainer, personal development mentor, author and an advocate for survivors of child sexual abuse. It took a great deal of courage for Emma Jane to write her first motivational book. She's proud to have found her voice after she was sexually abused and groomed from the age of just nine years old. And at 12 years old, her biological father abandoned her. Despite all the odds being stacked against her, Emma Jane made it through the darkest hours. She is a voice for many suffering in silence across the world and is not afraid to speak out on the subjects that many people find taboo. She wants better protection of young lives and a change in the thought process around child sexual abuse. She's an ardent campaigner, improving lives and influencing real change and her TEDx talk, It's Not Just Strangers We Should Be Afraid Of, reflects this conversation. Here's Emma-Jane Taylor all the way from Oxford today. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me here today. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. I know that you're uh, very, very busy with your many different initiatives that you're currently working on and which we're excited to find out more about today. So thank you so much for um, sparing this time. Pleasure. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Ah, brilliant. Yeah. So as I mentioned um, in my intro, you know, you are actually um, a speaker. So you're currently you currently run um a couple of different businesses and you're also starting up a, a new charity. So it'd be great for you to kind of explain to my listeners more about what it is that you're doing.
1: Yeah so um I uh p- started life as a dancer uh-huh. and uh so professional dancer and always been in the well-being space so it made sort of sense to me to sort of stay in the well-being so I um my mm-hmm. business is uh, work, my workment well-being in the lifestyle industry really so I have a okay. performing arts school for children 4 through to 16 mm-hmm. and then I also run adult um Classes, fitness, nutritional weight management, personal development—so um, they're all senior. But this is all community-based businesses. So um, the businesses have been running now. We celebrated twenty-two years this year. Oh, wow. um, we were we were due to have a big party on our twentieth year, but oh. COVID sort of put paid to that. Oh. Twenty-one years, we sort of just uh, struggled through, and now we're sort of going, "Okay, we're back in." But like everybody in business, it's not like it was two years ago. Yeah. Um. And. And, you know, we're just back in our community. And actually, it's been really nice for the last couple of years to work with our community, even through the difficult times, because I, I do believe community is really important yeah, um, and something that I have really fully embraced. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so I have I have a team, like 25, 30 people who work with me running those businesses, um, and they've evolved, um, like I say, over the last 22 years. I keep on top of with my management team and my senior managers and we meet, you know, once every four to six weeks, just to make sure everything's running. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we come up to any productions, I get heavily involved because I, for me, it's really nice to go back to my roots. Um, I, I, you know, I might make the tea and sweep the floor, but you know, I'm there to support my team and, um, and our students, which is really nice. Um, as my business is developed, um, You know, I've been fortunate enough to be the face of the well-being show on That's TV. And Mm -hmm. it was really here that I noticed, um, or I struggled, I guess, because I'd been in therapy in and out from the age of 13.
0: Wow, Um, very
1: young. Mm. Well, I got sent to psychiatric support when I was 13, but of course, no one knew. The reality Mm. of what my story was then because you know I'm a 1972 baby we didn't talk about that in 1980s we didn't talk about you know it maybe it's child sex abuse or abuse or you know Mm. so it was just assumed that I was just you know a a one-off rebel naughty child and so yeah so I was put into isolation often suspended um Put on report. so you know I spent a big chunk of my life believing I'd done something wrong and uh, struggling through very difficult trauma from, from I was abused from 9 through to 16. And so the, the fallout from that is huge because obviously as you know, you know you start kind of understanding it more in your 20s. Mm. And that's when I first started my business. So I went I took myself into therapy at 23 my personally. Um, and I found my own therapist and 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 from that it grew and and grew because I I went in and out of therapy for sort of the best part of like 15, 20 years, really, if you think uh, about it. Yeah. Um and I changed and evolved throughout that time. Um, my businesses grew. No I never talked about my personal life. In fact, I never thought I would in a million years but I share my story. But when I was working on that TV, I, I was interviewing people from all walks of life with very difficult stories. And I felt a fraud, you know, I had imposter syndrome. I just thought, you know what? I need to share my story because I'm sure it will help other people. Yeah. And at that point, I thought it could, well, car crash my career. But you know what? I didn't care anymore. I just needed uh-huh. to get it out. I needed to to release, unburden myself and, and liberate someone else. Because, you know, here I am, I've survived. I've built business up. I consider myself a really successful woman and, and I don't mean monetary when I say that. I mean, having gone through, you know, very dark times to success. And, you know, especially when you when you think I was labeled a failure, the girl going nowhere. Most people thought I'd be dead or in prison by the time I was 20. Oh. I think it's really hard mm. to believe when you look at someone when they're older, mm. what they might have been when they were, were a child going through trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of that, that's formed the biggest part of my life and my recovery. I love my world. I love the people I work with. I have the best team. I I employ the, I employ people far more talented than me. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I, I, shared my story in 2018. I'm 49 now. So I shared it, um, when I was like 44, 45 and, uh, then I wrote my book, um, And have sort of stepped forward as as an advocate for survivors of child sex abuse and been fortunate enough to sort of, uh, you know, been able to speak publicly on great platforms. I've had my story shared in the national press here and across the globe. And uh, what it's done is open a world for other people. And it's allowed me to sort of lean into supporting other people or signposting them on and helping them to find their their success because you know, we've got to remember the silence around child sex abuse is never the victims or the survivors, it's always the perpetrators. And we need to keep sharing that silence. So yeah, I've stepped forward. and um, I'm being very blessed with some of the projects that I'm um, I've been able to sort of um take part in, um, platforms, huge platforms to be able to sort of share my voice and uh and yeah, so now I'm at a point where I am, um, obviously I have my lifestyle businesses over the last few years throughout my own personal story and my professional life. I've moved into a more of a corporate trainer, uh, motivational speaker and development coach working with people from one-to-ones to, to, you know, global masses on understanding behavior change and how it's important to to really sort of understand your own story and how that can affect you in the home and at the work and the workplace and also get management and seniors in to lean into this conversation and understand if they can better understand it, their growth in their own business will be huge because uh, people will perform better. They'll feel better respected and better, you know,
0: supported. So
1: that's kind of where I am now. And, and I also have a charity about to launch So.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So I wanted to ask actually regarding, you know, how you're currently helping these leaders um, in the workforce. Um, are these certain organisations that you're helping? Because um, just from my own experience in the corporate world, you know, mental health isn't really um, heavily discussed and it does actually get missed, um, you know, when it comes to uh, people's uh, health and well-being. Yeah, so
1: I, I work um, with large corporates and I've been, like I said, I've been fortunate to work with some big big corporates, um, global corporates as well. And it's really about helping environments understand that, you know, um, the employees cover their true emotions. They are really fearful of being exposed. They question their ability uh, as an employee. Um, and, of course, this, they feel this could jeopardize their job because they then show their vulnerability and so they say nothing and struggle and actually then work becomes ineffective. So how we can understand that is to bring, resi- you know, understand how we can bring resilience into our lives, better align and, and support our mental and emotional well-being. And this will then allow corporates to flourish. They will have better focused employees empowered by themselves. So um, the presentations are very bespoke. I work um, closely with the uh, the teams before we go to launch. Um And we do it, you know, at the moment, it's all very Zoom, but, you know, I'm hoping to get I've started to do some face-to-face as well, which is obviously important, but a lot of it's been hybrid. But it allows employees to empower themselves now and, you know, they are a valuable source for businesses, for employees. And this bespoke interaction supports the growth of individuals and it brings success. And that can only be a win-win for professional environments.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And do you feel that with the with the pandemic, do you feel that um it's transformed how companies are operating now?
1: Yeah, I'm currently working with a company. Um, I go online with their Amir teams, and so mm, okay. I've got people here in the UK, all I like say all over the world. Um and they are insisting that their teams take part. Everybody has to take part. Everybody oh, yeah. has to be part of this. But not all companies want do that, right? Because mm. I don't. Mental health is huge, but behind mental health is a trigger,
0: yeah.
1: and often a trigger. So I say not always, um, and that's how what we need to do is identify it. So since I've been speaking to some of the corporates, I've been speaking to uh, what's been really nice is individuals privately message me and then i support them with their journey whether it be domestic violence abuse child sex abuse or i signpost them on because obviously i'm not a therapist um i sign people on to you know people who can help them further
0: fantastic how about from your own experience because you suffered from um, childhood abuse for quite some years and um, you know back then you know we are talking in the 70s and 80s you know therapy wasn't really something which was a very common you know a lot of people probably thought that um, going to therapy meant that you were broken obviously I'm, I'm so glad things have changed now and so how, how was it for you back then like actually coping with with the trauma?
1: I think when you're You know, certainly when I was a child, I'd gone through, you know, child sex abuse, but also my biological father when I was 12 years old told me he didn't want to see me again. And, um, you know, he was my handsome prince. I loved that man. And so I had to deal with so many different sort of emotions from that, that kind of like almost suppressed the child sex abuse. And actually when I was groomed um, by the family friend, I I guess I was a sitting duck, but I didn't realize that. So I was trying to deal with the emotions. There was a new friend and um, being nice to me. Um, And I was, you know, I'd gone from nice child to horrible child. It's a very complex time. Um, So through sort of like my late teens, early 20s, I didn't really know that what was happening to me was wrong. I was just trying to cope with the fallout, the heartbreak uh, of losing my father uh, and that took that took years actually to try and get through that. The pain of that was enormous. I was very fortunate to have a, a stepfather in my life, but trouble is, when you're going through any uh, difficulty or trauma, um, you are faced with you know a complete change in how you look at life. So everything was very dark to me. Uh, so I didn't like people. I didn't like anybody no. being nice to me. So you know, my mum, my stepfather, and people around me, I just. I pushed everybody away Mm. uh, because I still wanted this, my father in my life. And, and so, you know, as the scales sort of tipped back and I realized he wasn't coming back and, you know, through various different stories, realized the importance of my stepfather and my mother. Um, I was sort of late teens, early twenties, and that's when it kind of the penny dropped and I realized the darkness of my childhood. Um, and I knew that if I didn't get any help, I probably wouldn't be here having this conversation with you now. Um, and I'm a lucky one to be able to get to that point that I could fund some therapy and I could uh, make a change to my life. But like I said, I mean, I was also, it was a very taboo subject because back then, like you say, no one talked about it. So I, when I picked up the phone, I went to a therapist way out of town
0: because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be
1: bump into her and uh, of course, the reality is that even if you did, they would. You know, I, I mean, I've had thousands of therapists over the year. They don't speak to you. They, you know, if you don't yeah. want to be recognised, they won't sort of talk to you in town. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't know that when you're in your twenties going to therapy, you just feel like you're the only one who's gone through this trauma, this pain, this yeah. darkness. But of course, as I've evolved, I realised I'm one in a million people um, who've gone through this. I'm just one in a few who speak up and out about it. Uh, Although I do see, you know, in my world that that's getting bigger uh, and greater with people coming forward. So it was a taboo around um, therapy and I've done a lot. I've done talking therapy, hypnotherapy, psychotherapy, psychodynamic tapping, EFT, sound, gogging, reflex, yeah, acupuncture, reflexology, um reiki I, I it's nothing i haven't done um but it's all been really supportive and strengthening yeah. for me as a woman i mean i was you know quite a nervous child um very late developer my mat- maturity uh, late development with my maturity but that's you know that's stunted by trauma um And so, you know, when I sort of started getting into my twenties, it was almost a relief. I remember the first time I spoke to my, well, when I say the first time I spoke to my therapist, I think I said hello and then cried for an hour. Um, And then when I went to see her the second time, I cried for 45 minutes and then 30 minutes and then 20 minutes and then 10 minutes. And so by the time I actually got to coherently speak, (laughs) was probably about five or six weeks in. But it was a relief, you know, it was a relief to talk. It was the best thing that I did. I cannot, cannot endorse therapy enough for anybody. Yes, it is great to be able to talk to your friends and your family, but there's a biased opinion when you, when you speak to anybody in your family. Not everyone's going to like what you have to tell them anyway. And it's very difficult for close members of your family to um, understand, support and lean into these conversations. So my advice is to find someone professional. I, I also, obviously, um, as you know, speak very publicly and on big big stages and out there and platforms. I don't advise anyone to do that without any support or therapy behind you because it can be so crippling yeah, if you're absolutely. unprepared mentally mm. for, the, for what's going to happen because, you know, everybody does support you but, mm. and not everybody gets it. And occasionally you can get some un- unkind comments um, Twenty years ago, I'd have been broken because of it. Now I'm just Um, like, it's what it is. I'm just going. It's not going to stop me. But you know, it can be quite debilitating for people if they're not not strengthened by support. So, therapy is a brilliant thing. I wish more people would do it. Even even now, I go in and out, but I don't go in and out of therapy to go back over my past. I need to stay a strong woman moving forward. So it keeps Mm. my keeps my uh, air clean.
0: Absolutely! Oh yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I absolutely love therapy, coaching, just any kind of support, accountability partner that you can have in your life to support you and guide you through. Absolutely, it's it's a godsend, and you know, some people are blessed; they've got you know some amazing peers around them to really lift them up. Um, you yeah, know, but some people don't; they're not that privileged. So yeah, you know, I, I just yeah, I'm definitely one for coaching and um, so do you have a coach as well oh yeah i have a team
1: i have you know i'm really you know like i said i'm gonna have a team around my business and then i have a team around me i have two pas who work with me and four admin teams who help support me with all of my businesses and all of my work and i have um i have advisors and and team on my project and my charity as well so I, I I have a, I, I, I have built up a, a strong structure around me, but like I say, you know, yes, okay, I have done the work, I have done the support, but you know, um, I I couldn't do it without these people around me because they are so strong. Yeah, I don't know everything. Um, they challenge me and make me think about things that I might not have thought about. I'm quite an impulsive woman, um, but sometimes I like Ej. You need to pull back on that, or you know, whatever the the conversation is. But you know, they're there. So I'm, I I do feel very blessed and lucky by where I am in life. But then I also I have worked very hard for this.
0: Absolutely. Did you find that um, the trauma impacted any areas of your life, um, kind of becoming you know into adulthood? Because we know that trauma has a significant impact on relationships.
1: Oh, massively. You know. Um, I was addicted to drugs, alcohol, I suffered from PTSD, Um, I was bulimic, I was paranoid, I had OCD, Uh, Um, you know, there was nothing that I didn't have back then, Mm. but it was all coping mechanisms, how no one saw the trauma behind all that, I'll never know, because I came from, you Mm. know, I came from a nice background, um, Mm. but it doesn't matter. You know, I wasn't the bad egg or the black sheep of the family that everyone used to say I was. Um, I was a troubled child. So, you know, yes. And then relationships, I struggled with relationships. You know, my father, my father's rejection from me, um, you know, took took half my heart and that's had to regrow um, over the years so that I have allowed me to enjoy relationships. And when we say relationships, I'm not just um, with my partner, um, but also my friendships
0: yeah.
1: and my, my, my family relationships, because yeah. you don't trust people, you know, you have yeah. this real distrust of people and, when you're battling with, you know, I don't drink anymore. I haven't drunk for 25 years. I don't wow. take anything. Um, oh, yeah. I decided to stop and um, and pull yeah. back on everything because I actually didn't enjoy it. I was sick all the time, but it was like, mm. it was great at the time because it just suppressed those feelings again and that that pain and that darkness. Um I had a lot of help with, you know, uh, you know, the triggers for OCD. Um, you know, obviously I have, I do have, I've had a lot, lot of support for triggers and ab reactions, which I used to struggle with massively. Um, and now I, I control them. So I, 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 if I want to play the music that my abuser played, I play it on my terms. Um, whereas I couldn't have done for 20 years, but I want, I have to remind myself, um, of, Mm -hmm. of where I've come from and why I'm here. So, yeah, so it has affected lots of things. um, I don't suffer with, you know, any any of the disorders or addictions anymore. My addiction now is fi- fitness probably, actually. I'm a, I'm a bit seen. of a, fit- a fitness queen. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, but I also understand that, you know, I'm human and occasionally mm-hmm. things come in, you know, when you're least expecting it. Yeah. But I'll take my time. I, I know I ha- I've had a lot of therapy to get here. And if I can't deal with it, I just pick up the phone and just say, hey, this has just come in. Completely throw me, you know, any sort of thoughts and advice and where I go with this, Brilliant. And, and then I move through it, but mm. I don't, I don't stick with it for weeks
0: and months and years like I used to. Absolutely, yeah, that's the key: picking up the phone, just expressing yourself and talking Absolutely. about whatever's going on in your life. Yeah, I mean, so what you know, when you do your talks, and obviously, you know, we'll talk about your book as well. What what, what tends to be like your key messages that keep coming up for your listeners?
1: Yeah, and I think it's really important, you know, I want to share the silence. I want um, I want people to remember that they are not alone, that they have a voice and they can get through the difficulties if only they can recognise in themselves yeah. um, that they've done nothing wrong, that it wasn't there, they were a child. Um, obviously, my messages are very much around child sex abuse yeah.
0: um,
1: and surviving through rejection and abandonment as well. So it's all about giving back what I've learned, giving back my experiences, sharing my, my subjects, I guess, um, to help others um, through their difficult times as well. You know, I was told I was a failure and, and that I've used that to find my strength now to empower my life, to empower others. So, you know, my key message is often I want people at the end to remember their own worth. It's not their signers, whatever that story is, because everyone's got a story, right? Yeah. Um, and to take that forward to be able to unlock any demons and darkness to help them through to their success.
0: Oh, fantastic! Yeah, and you also featured in the Sun, headlined. In the what? Sorry. Oh, in the Sun National newspaper.
1: Yes, so I was uh, I was headlined in the Sun National newspaper a couple of years ago with my story, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, that was quite, I mean, I've had lots of stories out there in in some of the national magazines. Um, but when that went out, that was pretty big because, Mm. you know, it was stepping up again and, um, lots of people sort of contacted me. I I, I get people, I get survivors talking to me every day, um, about, you know, where they're at, what they're doing. Um, and that's been great. I love that. I love that. I love that. I can sort of be there for these people, and support yeah. them or signpost them to someone who can help them further.
0: Yeah, because it can get quite, um, you know, when, when you have people contacting you and, you know, that they really need help. It, like, I think as an empath as well, you kind of take that on, don't you? And it can be quite um, upsetting just knowing that there's so many out there who haven't sought for help currently. Mm. So Yeah, yeah, really important. Mm. And so how about your book then, yeah. Um, tell us about your book title of it and where my listeners can purchase it.
1: So it's Don't Hold Back. It's available on Amazon and it's, um, it, it really sort of highlights my story and what I went through to be who I am today. So yes, it does share my story, but it's more of a workbook. I like to think of it as a, as a book that, you know, is there to help people, you know, you know, you can, you can, you know, you can work with it and sort of yeah. put it down and, and do some exercises and, oh, brilliant. um, you know, and again, it allows it, you know, I want to help people, um, overcome adversity and trauma by understanding how they can think differently. I think trouble is when we get into this space of darkness, we stay there without realizing that we can come through that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So brilliant. And they can find that on Amazon, on your website. Yeah. You
1: go to Emma Jane taylor.com on there, you'll find all, um, all the activities I'm involved in. <coughs> oh,
0: excellent. Um, yeah. Okay. And how about your charity that you're... Yeah. To?
1: So uh, Project 9010, it's a charity being set up to raise awareness for child sex abuse. And, um, you know, we've probably been sort of going the best part of a year now in setting up it's not easy to set up a charity so um, a lot of the work that i'm doing at the moment is raising awareness fundraising you know we need to get seed money in to help us with the back office stuff which again isn't easy um but it's great because people are starting to really respond to what we're doing and um we are sort of not far away from having our charity number. Um, Ooh, okay. we you know, at the same time, people can donate, they can sponsor me. Because I do an event every month to raise awareness for the charity. I did a 10-mile paddle board last month. Next month I'm off to the Jurassic Coast to do a hundred K run walk. Wow. Um, and then the month after is I'm doing a 70-mile walk around the Isle of Wight. And then I've got wing walking and all sorts of other things going oh, on.
0: Brilliant. Yeah.
1: Um, and the purpose of that is to raise awareness of the silent, deafening silence of the subject of child sex and abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, Chaplain York have supported us and opened uh, a pot for us there to, to fund to do, for any donations that come in and, um, we also have a GoFundMe for anyone wanting to sponsor me to do it for them. Or people can join me. You know, every, uh, People can join me at any time on these yeah. events. Last month I had five people come in with me um, and, uh, yeah, just raise yeah. awareness. So, you know, it's really focused on giving young people and parents the tools through education, raising awareness and sharing knowledge on the subject of child sex abuse mm. and what needs to be done. We've already started going into schools to do safeguarding. Yeah. Um yeah. You know, we want to make sure that the generations to follow are armed with the necessary life skills to ensure a positive yeah. change in the statistics around this conversation. Uh, so yeah, so it's very full on. There's a lot of work, but yeah. um, there's there's always a lot of work in my world. <laughs> but, <laughs> I know. But I love it. I do. I love it. Because <laughs> are you currently writing your second book as well? I'm currently writing my second book, oh, wow. um, and this is sort of based on you know, raising, you know, shining a light again on the conversation of child sex abuse so that I've spoken to survivors, I've spoken to um, senior governors at prison office, uh, prisons, uh, most prolific child sex abuse prisons in the UK, um, medical uh, NHS and charities and safeguarding teams. And also I've been, Mm. last year I interviewed three sexual offenders on, uh, um, on parole
0: okay that would have been Um, insightful
1: yeah tough actually Mm. you know but I I think you know what's important to remember is I wasn't there for them I was Mm. there for the conversation I don't have sympathy for what they've done and I I was very clear about that but I want to extract conversation for them to help me you know because you know yes it it is a horrendous crime, but often the focus is on the perpetrator, not the survivor. And I need to, ch- I want to mm. change that. We need to start talking about the survivor and the reality mm. for the survivor. Um, I recently uh, worked with Sonia Polton, journalist, mm. and we were talking about the Blunt and Khan case as an example MP. Mm. Um, Imran Khan, just been found, conservative Tory MP, just been found guilty of sexual assault on a 15 year old. Blunt, Crispin Blunt, MP, supported Khan. Mm. And then when Goodness. he got found guilty, clearly his team were like, you're going to have to retract that statement. So he retracted it. But that shouldn't even happen. No, not It at all. should be zero tolerance. We need yeah. to say, um I've been writing various articles in magazines lately um, about this because... You know, Boris Johnson didn't step forward to talk. I don't want to get too political on your podcast, but Boris Johnson okay. didn't step forward to support <laughs> the survivor. No, yeah, yeah. and, and yeah, no I do. one does. No one does support the survivor, and that's what we need to do. We need to change the dynamic of this okay. conversation to support the survivor. So, mm-hmm. so the book will be out. Um, goodness knows when. I mean, I I'm kind of written it. I just need to. I'm sitting on it at the moment because I've got lots of thoughts about what edits and what needs yeah. to happen, but. Um, it's a, it's a process yeah. and it will come out, uh, within the next year, I'm sure. That's um, but just, by, just buying my time. Cause I need to be mentally right about it as well.
0: Oh absolutely yeah it is it's a journey of its own having a book published yeah it's not an easy task so congratulations on that as well. Thank you. Yeah and I'm so glad that you know we're having this conversation because um, even on Netflix now there's just so much out there on you know these certain amazing celebrities who were really quite quite evil. I mean I was watching Jimmy Savile That's just horrendous. And even Michael Jackson's story, again, a lot of people still don't believe it, which is, you know, each to their own. But again, it's just so convincing the way that it's been put out there and, you know, the survivors, the way that they're portraying what happened to them. You just couldn't make that up.
1: I couldn't watch the Jimmy Savile one yet. I haven't been able to. Um, I have, you know, one thing I do make myself do is watch all of this stuff. Because yeah. I think it, it's good for research and, and you know awareness, um, uh, but it surprises me. You know, I've, um, I had I was giving comment on the Bill Cosby case for Grazia, Grazia magazine. Um, you know, and these people, these guys. You know, I, I remember as a child wanting to be on Jimmy Saville, yeah. um asking for a pony, <laughs> and uh, you know, he he was he was my childhood one of my childhood heroes. Um so was Rolf Harris (gasps) with Morph. You know, uh so with Morph, you know, Bill Cosby, I loved Bill Cosby. So you kind of almost feel like you've been groomed as right. You know, you've been groomed in the process of of them grooming other children. And so you know we hear about the high profile cases. But we don't hear yeah. about the survivor. We hear about mm. the abuser, and then there's lots of question like, "Oh, I didn't know he could do that, and who's this thought yeah. this?" And you exactly. know, actually, let's shift that conversation to mm. the survivor
0: yeah. because that's where we'll learn. Yes, absolutely. Yes, it's fun learning all that they've gone through. And me and you are prime examples of, that. Uh, you know, what we experienced as a child and how it impacted our lives. And, you know, and that's why I salute you for all the work that you're doing. And, you know, I hope that, you know, you go and touch all lives in the world because there's so many areas of the world still that, that require so much help, but it's just not available to them mm. in certain countries. So I just, I just hope that, you know, through these online platforms that we can reach out to everyone.
1: Mm, Absolutely, really important. And, you know, um, obviously I am focused on the UK at the moment because that's where, you know, my work is, my charity is being set up. But um, as a speaker and an advocate on this uh, conversation, I do connect with people from all over the world um, and realise the reality of it. So I had a TED Talk published, um, uh, shared last year. Um, and on the back of that, someone, some girls in India won a, an award for translating it wow. um, because in Indonesia, I think it was, their, their community, they just said, you know, our community need to hear this and and, you know, unfortunately consent. Ages and levels are quite low in some countries, mm. um, which is a green light of child sex abuse, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You, you, there's no getting around that because that's their law. Yeah. Um, but so that's why we need to help education edu- educate young girls to understand that that's that's not appropriate. You know, they shouldn't be treated in that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Indi- that, was that in Indonesia? Because India, obviously, that's, you know, my roots. It's just strife out there still. And that's a country which really needs to be educated. So, yeah, let's hope that, you know, we keep reaching out. And mm, uh, Absolutely. You keep shining your light. Thank you very much. Yeah, I intend to. As long as possible. (laughs) Fantastic. Wow, it's been an absolute honour having you on. Thank you so much for your time here. EJ, I love that. (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, you know, how can my um, listeners find you? Obviously, we've got your website. Yeah. So
1: if you go to my website, Taylor.com, on there, you'll see all my social media. You'll see what I've been up to. Um, if you're a child sex abuse survivor, quite, I'm very active on Twitter. Um, so you can find a lot of my uh, conversations there, but always happy to chat
0: and support anybody. So I'm never far away wherever you are in the world amazing fantastic so i'll be adding all um, emma's links on this description box please do get in touch with her if you do require any assistance or if you'd like her to come and talk in your institute in school even right yeah absolutely fantastic so and on that note you know we will have to um, end this talk thank you so much for your patience everyone and for listening we love you and we'll be back with the next episode until next time stay blessed Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Victim to Victor. Subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes and be sure to follow the podcast on socials to keep updated on what's next and share Victim to Victor with family and friends to help grow the community and spread the positive healing energy.